Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I finish up Spooner's Trial by Jury, and it's just such a great essay. We do the appendix today, which has to do with taxation, and most people don't know anything about this essay, but my God, it's so fantastic, people. It's just such fundamental concepts that people don't understand we're going to go over. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I practice for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. Truth they've probably never heard most of the time about the system and the way it works. And the truth is I was a constitutional conservative for a long time, and then I figured out the scam. I got the Internet. I was able to figure it out. And when I figured it out, I became a self-certified master practitioner about 20 years ago. And I've also given myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all the work I've done here on these podcasts explaining things to people. So I'm pretty proud of these fake awards, and I may get some more here in the future. (laughs) All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I'm going to continue the essay, Trial by Jury, by Lysander Spooner, and I think I'm going to probably finish it up today. We're going to do the appendix. Most of the time, people don't even read appendixes or appendices, or however the fucking proper term is. But in this case, it's super important, and it's packed with great stuff. It's got some of his more famous lines in there. Talking about Lysander Spooner, this essay, most people know his no treason if they know the guy at all. vast majority of people never heard of Lysander Spooner. He's just a brilliant man who wrote back in the middle of the 19th century, and he was an anarchist. He was also a abolitionist, but he didn't believe the war was valid, which of course he's right. He's a very, very consistent person. He wrote this essay, Trial by Jury, where he goes through the historical purposes and reasons for the trial by jury. And I've covered the entire thing because I think it's the most important essay he did. I also think it's one of the most important essays really ever written, quite frankly. I know that sounds like a big statement, but if you understand what it's about, you can see why. And He just shows that the jury trial has been so distorted and that the purpose of the trial is not just to get a so-called fair outcome. The purpose of the trial was to hold the state within limits, the limits that the people agree to that the state gets to exercise as far as any type of control. And the way that works is if the state passes a law, tries to charge someone, bring them up on some kind of criminal charge or faked-up civil charge, that the citizens, 12 random citizens— get to sit in a box, and if even just one of them decides that, nah, not guilty, or nah, I don't think the state should win in this, then that's it. The state doesn't win, and you get a hung jury. And that keeps the state within the realm that the people want. And the people have been so fooled by this concept that if you just lose a vote, these rigged up stupid votes, where most people can't even vote, don't vote, the candidates all suck. It's all completely rigged. There's just corruption everywhere. But supposedly at the end of that time, whoever gets the most people, they get the authority to simply go in and pass anything they want. The idea that the Constitution limits them is ridiculous. They tell us how much water can flush in our toilet. If the Constitution actually limited the government, we wouldn't have to care. But a piece of paper is never going to limit the government. And the way our system's set up, the government itself supposedly sits in judgment of whether the government has stepped over the lines. It's asinine. The way it's supposed to work is the jury. And when you start understanding it, and I can't go through all of it here because the essay, this is, I think, the 28th episode of covering this essay. 
And when you understand the way it works, you see it makes perfect sense that people would be able to stay in power. They'd keep the government under guard, and minorities would all get representation. As it is, they don't get any representation. If you have a minority position, which all my positions are, then none of my positions ever carry the day. So it's ludicrous that anybody would ever agree to a system where they can't ever get their way. But that's what they tell me. That's government of, by, and for the people. But it doesn't make any sense. I've never had any opportunity to vote on it at all. And the way it's supposed to work is the jury. And he brings up the issue of taxation inside this appendix. And it's just so critical because people just accept the idea that the government, since we have a government, they can just tax us and do anything they want to anybody. And there's nothing you can do about it for all practical purposes. And this just points out the way the jury trial would work and the way taxation is supposed to work. It's supposed to be voluntary if this is actually a voluntary government that has the consent of the people. So let's start it see if I can finish it. It was a principle of the common law as it is the law of nature and of common sense that no man can be taxed without his personal consent. The common law knew nothing of that system, which now prevails in England, of assuming a man's consent to be taxed because some pretended representative, whom he never authorized to act for him, has taken it upon himself to consent that he may be taxed. That is one of the many frauds in the common law and the English Constitution, which have been introduced since Magna Carta, Having finally established itself in England, it has been stupidly and servilely copied and submitted to in the United States. I wonder how many people had ever considered that prior to the time they either heard my show or saw some other very extreme piece of liberty information. How can the government simply just set any rate it wants, tax me at any rate it wants, and the only way I'm supposed to be able to prevent that is to vote? How can the situation of the income tax be such that the top 25% basically pays all of it? How can that possibly work? How is that anything but theft? See, they can never stop that from increasing because they don't have the votes. See, it's very simple. <laughs> and the way it would work is that you'd have these tax laws and they would try to bring these people up on so-called tax evasion and all sorts of other stuff. And the people would just say not guilty because you'd have... At least one of the people in there would understand that this is simply theft. And they'd say not guilty and that'd be it. And none of these laws would be able to be enforced. We have to have the government operating with our consent. If we don't get to say what the government can and can't do, then we're not in charge of the government. Let's continue. If the trial by jury were reestablished, the common law principle of taxation would be reestablished with it. For it is not to be supposed that juries would enforce a tax upon an individual which he had never agreed to pay. Taxation without consent is as plainly robbery when enforced against one man as when enforced against millions. And it is not to be imagined that juries could be blind to so self-evident a principle. <laughs> right. See, the problem is that nobody's ever taught this. But if you just give it one second of thought, you realize, yeah, I don't understand how this works. If... The government can just take my money against my will or take anybody's money against their will. How, how is that not robbery? It doesn't make any sense. All you get is this confused ball of bullshit about the Constitution, the law of the land, the, the authority of Congress. All It just ignores the simple principle that if the person doesn't agree to the tax in exchange for whatever the so-called services the government's providing, then it's robbery. And he goes on and explains Taking a man's money without his consent is also as much robbery when it is done by millions of men acting in concert and calling themselves a government 
as when it is done by a single individual acting on his own responsibility and calling himself a highwayman. Neither the numbers engaged in the act nor the different characters they assume as a cover for the act alter the nature of the act itself. It's undeniable. You know, if a so-called dictator is in charge and he uses strong men to collect taxes, the people can all see that, well, that's not fair. But if there's a so-called vote and the so-called majority take taxes from the top 25 percent, how is that any different? (laughs) <laughs> the group, the smaller group has no chance. And all the smaller group is, is the less powerful group. If the smaller group was more powerful, that would never happen. So there's absolutely no difference, as he's explained in No Treasons, why I covered that. The ballot is just a substitute for a bullet, and that's all it is. And this is ultimately just sort of this brainwashing and coercion. But people believe it. People understood the rights to trial by jury and the way juries are supposed to work. And if the constitutional conservatives and media, academia and sitting on benches and all the district attorneys weren't just a bunch of turncoat traitors, really, to any kind of freedom, then the people would know that and the people would be instructed. But the system could never operate as it is. And that's why the people are never told. Let's continue. If the government can take a man's money without his consent, there is no limit to the additional tyranny it may practice upon him. For, with his money, it can hire soldiers to stand over him, keep him in subjugation, plunder him at discretion, and kill him if he resists. (laughs) Uh, What do you think about that? That's like one of his most famous lines. You substitute out police for soldiers because it used to just all be soldiers, but now it's just all cops and three-letter alphabet agency kind of government goons. There's no way around this. In fact, I'm going to read it again because it's so famous. If the government can take a man's money without his consent, there is no limit to the additional tyranny it may practice upon him. For, with his money, it can hire cops to stand over him, keep him in subjugation, plunder him at discretion, and kill him if he resists. Is that not the situation we have now? Is this not exactly what constitutional conservatives tell everyone is the system of freedom we have? My law and order. So that if you don't like it, well, they just send to the cops. And you're supposed to defend and protect cops and call them heroes. And what do they do? They take you in front of the kangaroo courts that the government runs. And they insist you do it. If you don't like it, they throw you in jail. If you resist them, then they kill you. That's the system we have. There's no way around it. Let's continue. And governments always will do this as they everywhere and always have done it, except where the common law principle has been established. It is therefore a first principle, a very sine qua non of political freedom, that a man can be taxed only by his personal consent. You can't argue with it. I'm sorry. Sine qua non just means kind of the most essential fundamental principle. So it's the most essential fundamental principle that you have to be taxed with your consent. If it's not with your consent, then it is simply a robbery. How many people, if it was truly voluntary, let they pretend, they tell you that the income tax is voluntary. They have all these different forms. They make you sign it in violation of the Fifth Amendment. The endless violations. Why? Because the government itself is in charge of sort of interpreting all these things. But if they can just make you pay them anything they want, if they can just write it down and then come and collect it with their armed goons, how is it not robbery? 
And don't give me this fair share shit. <laughs> I don't think it's fair. We disagree. So we don't have an agreement. So it's not with my consent. And if you simply go get your goons to come take it from me, you're just a criminal. That's all the government is. It's a gigantic criminal enterprise. That's what it is. And people don't like it because it sounds too harsh. But the simple fact is there's absolutely no hole in the logic and the reasoning. People don't like the outcome because it blows up their entire fantasy world they have about being freedom fighters and the Constitution, freedom machine, liberty, and all this stupid shit with the founders and everything else. But it just doesn't actually exist. It's all fake. He goes on. More explanations. And the establishment of this principle with trial by jury ensures freedom, of course, because no man would pay his money unless he had first contracted for such a government as he was willing to support. <laughs> How do you argue with that? The government supposedly is there to help me and protect me and do all these things. Well, I don't want their protection. I don't like what they do. I don't like the way they spend money. I don't agree to any of that. Oh, well, sorry, you lost a vote. Well, I haven't agreed to any of that. See, there's no actual consent there. Number two, unless the government then kept itself within the terms of its contract, juries would not enforce the payment of the tax. <laughs> it's that simple. That's how easy this all is. And that's why we don't need everybody. We only need a small group of people to understand these rules, understand their rights, and this whole system will be brought to a halt. And all this abuse that everybody bitches about, tries to pretend that you're supposed to get organized and write fucking congressmen and checks and hand out leaflets and all this other stupid crap every couple of years. None of that would be necessary. It would all come to an end because they couldn't enforce any of this stupid made-up shit they have. It would all be dead letter. Let's continue. Besides, the agreement to be taxed would probably be entered into, but for a year at a time. If, in that year, the government proved itself either inefficient or tyrannical, to any serious degree, the contract would not be renewed. <laughs> That's what actual voluntary consent of the people looks like, people. That right there. We have nothing like that. We're supposedly bound by this vote we didn't even get to make 240 years ago by people I never assigned the uh, right to vote for me. And now they just run on and interpreting everything they want. It's utter nonsense, people. You're brainwashed if you think this shit has anything to do with freedom. Continue. The dissatisfied parties, if sufficiently numerous for a new organization, would form themselves into a new association for mutual protection. If not sufficiently numerous for that purpose, those who were conscientious would forego all governmental protection rather than contribute to the support of a government which they deemed unjust. See, that's no part of our option here. All you get is the move to Somalia shit, which just presumes the authority of the government away, which of course completely presumes away the entire issue, which is where is the consent of the people? Where is it? In what way do I ever get to consent? And taxation is the absolute foundation. See, under the Articles of Confederation, the federal government had no authority to tax. It couldn't lay and collect taxes. They act like there's some little tiny thing they added. Nope. It was huge. It was huge. Along with some of the other things. And I've done shows explaining that. All the federal government could do under the Articles of Confederation was to request money from the states in some kind of pro rata amount. And the states either gave it to them or they didn't. Depending on what they thought the federal government was doing. Waste of time, waste of money, inefficient, just like he says. Like any other thing that's actually voluntary. See, all that's gone. They snow everybody with this idea that the Constitution's a freedom machine. Brilliant. Greatest document ever written, all this other stupid shit. It's made up, people. Brainwashing. Let's continue. All legitimate government is a mutual insurance company, voluntarily agreed upon by the parties to it, for the protection of their rights against wrongdoers. 
That's what the government's supposedly there to do, right? Protect us, all my protection, national security, all these dangers everywhere. In its voluntary character, it is precisely similar to an association for mutual protection against fire or shipwreck. Before a man will join an association with these latter purposes and pay the premium for being insured, he will, if he be a man of sense, look at the articles of the associations, see what the company promises to do, what it's likely to do, and what are the rates of insurance. If he be satisfied on all these points, he will become a member, pay his premium for a year, and then hold the company to its contract. If the conduct of the company proves unsatisfactory, he will let his policy expire at the end of the year for which he is paid, will decline to pay any further premiums, and either seek insurance elsewhere or take his own risk without any insurance. And as men act in the insurance of their ships and dwellings, they would act in the insurance of their properties, liberties, and lives in the political association or government. I guarantee you 99% of people have never heard these concepts, right? Because it's so much bullshit by the constitutional conservatives about the freedom machine. But the logic is simply unassailable. If the government really does all these fantastic things, it supposedly does, well, then people should be wanting to pay for it. And as I've said again and again, you want to find out how voluntary any of this is, just put the government budgets up there on GoFundMe pages. You can just go down through and fund any type of line item you want to. How much funding do you think it's going to get? It's not going to get jack shit. There is nothing voluntary about the taxes being paid. They aren't voluntary. Nobody agrees to any of this shit. Yet they tell you it is voluntary. It's the massive gaslighting in the entire academic and media complex, along with the government itself, is there to brainwash people about that and make sure they never, ever think about the reality. And that's why I'm doing this essay, too. Because no treason is all about that, but this just nails the tax issue. Let's continue. The political insurance company, or government, have no more right in nature or reason to assume a man's consent to be protected by them and to be taxed for that protection when he has given no actual consent. Then a fire or marine insurance company have to assume a man's consent to be protected by them and to pay the premium when his actual consent has never been given. This is why consent is never any part of the constitutional conservative bullshit. Where is the consent? They assume it away. They tell you all these things that aren't actual consent. When you tell somebody you expressly do not consent, In this system, what effect does it have? None. See, you can't have any valid consent unless you have the ability to say no. Do you have the ability to say no, no thank you, federal government? No thank you, state government? No thank you, local government? You're shit? You're corrupt? (laughs) You're criminals? No, you don't. So it's not consensual. Of course, constitutional conservatives ignore all that. And couching all these terms of patriots and liberty and the greatest ever and the freedom machine, all the stupid shit. They cannot address consent. I defy anybody to find any constitutional conservative literature that actually discusses consent. All they talk about is the ratification vote from 240 years ago, which was a completely and totally rigged up vote anyway. But even if it was completely legitimate, there's no theory under which the people are bound by it. (laughs) Where's the agreement that the people would be bound by such a vote? Where is that? I've given example after example. It shows you if you have a group of people, five or six friends, and they say, let's go to dinner, and you're trying to decide where to go, and you can't agree, 
say there's five people and three of them say, well, let's just take a vote. And you say, I don't want to take a vote. And they say, well, we're going to take a vote. And they take a vote and the three of them vote and they vote to go to a place you don't want to go. Did you then have to go? No. Why? Because that's an actual consensual arrangement when you have friends. The way the government works is they would hold the vote anyway, decide where they're going to go, and then they'd vote to make you pay for it and go. And then they tell you that they're your best friends and that all of this is consensual. And none of it makes any sense at all. But the people run around repeating it all the time because they've never been exposed to the kinds of ideas I'm showing you right here. Let's continue. To take a man's property without his consent is robbery. And to assume his consent, where no actual consent is given, makes the taking nonetheless robbery. If it did, the highwayman has the same right to assume a man's consent to part with his purse than any other man or body of men can have. And his assumption would afford as much moral justification for his robbery as does a like assumption on the part of the government for taking a man's property without his consent. The government's pretense of protecting him as an equivalent for the taxation affords no justification. It is for himself to decide whether he desires such protection as the government offers him. If he does not desire it or does not bargain for it, the government has no more right than any other insurance company to impose it upon him or make him pay for it. <laughs> There's just no getting around that. These arguments about how, well, you couldn't have society, couldn't work, and all this. okay, you want to say that, but that doesn't escape the problem with consent. See, you can get consent to things that actually matter. You can get consent to things that actually make a difference. The problem is the government does all sorts of shit the vast majority of people don't agree to. They don't agree to it. And they incredibly unequally make certain groups of people pay for it and abuse them. And they have absolutely no way of winning because they're a minority. And even if you're a majority and you vote for it and your representative goes up there, he doesn't have to do it. And it happens all the time. They turn and do something else. No part of this is consensual, people. No part of your government action is consensual. There's no way around that. And the reason the jury trial works is because they go up there and do whatever they want. But the stuff can't get enforced because all you need is eight and a quarter percent of the people, or eight and a third or whatever it is percent of the people, which is one in 12, to say, no, not guilty, or no, judgment for the defendant. When the DOJ shows up, then the laws can't be enforced that they've written down, that they pretend are actually something the people have agreed to. And they're all dead letter, and you don't have to fear the government anymore. See, that's what the purpose of the jury trial actually is, a political body. I guarantee you, virtually nobody in the entire country knows this. This is why I'm doing the essay. Continue. Trial by the country, which means by the jury, and no taxation without consent, were the two pillars of English liberty when England had any liberty. And the first principles of the common law, they mutually sustain each other and neither can stand without the other. Without both, no people have any guarantee for their freedom. With both, no people can be otherwise than free. <laughs> I mean, think about this. Just think how fundamental this is, how simple it actually is to keep the government under control. All these complicated elections and all this other made-up shit and uh, organizing everything else, we don't need any of those. We need people to understand their rights as jurors. We need the government to acknowledge them as, as opposed to suppress them like they do. 
and arrest people who try to tell them and to hold lawyers in contempt who attempt to tell juries and to have these crooked judges sitting on the bench lying to the jurors, not informing them of this most fundamental right. If the people understood this and they went into jury boxes being instructed like that, government's power would shrink to nothing. It would shrink to nothing overnight. We don't have to do anything else. We don't have to dismantle anything. It will simply start working (laughs) immediately. That's it. And then we'd have time to be able to educate people about why it all needs to be decentralized and why the system can never work like this, all the other types of things I've made in other shows, and people would start to understand it. But step one is you get enough people to understand, and that's it. And when people understand how incredibly corrupt the media and academia and the government is by hiding this information from them, then the people would get very angry. They get very angry. And there's definitely a penalty to be paid by these pieces of crap who sit around as judges and district attorneys and government employees and government lawyers and politicians and people in media and academia who push constitutional conservative lies on people. I agree there is. But step one is to understand your rights. Understand your rights. They will not allow lawyers to tell people this in the courts. You can't tell people. Judges don't let it. <laughs> but look how simple it is. I'm going to reread that paragraph because we're almost done with the appendix, and it's so, so important. Trial by jury and no taxation without consent were the two pillars of English liberty when England had any liberty and the first principles of the common law. They mutually sustain each other, and neither can stand without the other. Without both, no people have any guarantee for their freedom. And with both, no people can be otherwise than free. Because if the government can't take your money without your consent, then they can't hire the soldiers to abuse you in all sorts of other ways. But if they can take your money, Then they simply take your money and hire soldiers, which is just more and more police and police state, and build this electronic prison. And if you don't like it, they put a chip in you, and that's it. They take you out. See, the two work together. There's no way for the government to get around. There's no amount of rule change or anything else because it doesn't matter what kind of rules they change. The people decide which rules get enforced. See, the people decide. That's when the people are actually in charge of the government. The way the system is now, it's all a complete and total fraud. The government's in charge of the people. Anybody can look around and see. All right, I'm going to finish it up. It's only one more sentence in this fantastic essay. I'm kind of sad. By what force, fraud, and conspiracy on the part of kings, nobles, and a few wealthy freeholders, these pillars have been prostrated in England. It is designed to show more fully in the next volume if it should be necessary. It's force, fraud, and conspiracy on the part of these wealthy people in our country who benefit massively from the government, become billionaires and control the masses through this. That's the reason it all exists. That's why this fraud continues. And best I can tell, there was no next volume. It wasn't necessary. He said it all in there, as Spooner always does. Once Spooner speaks, there's not much else to say. If you understand it, (laughs) there just isn't. And... I really hope that this commentary, by reading this essay I've been doing here for months, and is now 28 episodes long, was valuable for people. I hope it opened their minds to just how gigantic 
the fraud is that constitutional conservatives foist on people and the incredible amounts of overcomplication, whether you have to go supposedly read what the founders said and understand what they were about and check out the Federalist Papers and dig into these libraries and all this stupid shit. It doesn't matter what they intended or wanted or thought. It's not binding on anybody. It's not binding in any way. I've told people again and again, one Congress can't even bind the next Congress. The idea that some vote 250 years ago bound anybody to anything is absurd. And the only reason people believe it is because they're so brainwashed. You know, fighting for freedom, that sounds great. Anyone who fights for this country's government does not fight for freedom by any stretch of the imagination. Anybody who signs up to be a cop or some kind of alphabet agency, government armed goon, um, they're not protecting people or anything else. They're the spear point of the tyranny that's pushed onto the people. And there's absolutely no consent to any of it. Ask all sorts of people if they agree to stuff. Most people agree to some stuff and don't agree to others. Okay, well, that's the whole problem. Most people don't agree with everything they're doing. And in fact, if you just accumulate it all, there's actually no agreement by everyone on pretty much anything the government is doing. (laughs) Anything. So there's really no consent. And the taxation issue is so essential because if the government didn't have the authority to run this fake money scam with the Federal Reserve and to borrow against it and to spend trillions of dollars they don't have and to force me into debt for all this spending that they're going to do and then make me pay it back in this fake money system and then force me to use that fake money system and then tax me at any rate they want and hand it out to the Ukraine or hand it out special favors, give me affirmative action, have set-asides, name it, every single thing they do and spend money on. There's basically nothing the federal government engages in that I agree to. And a few things they do have that I might agree to do, they do it in a manner that I would never, ever agree to. I don't consent to the way they do it. I don't consent to these absurd pensions they pay any of these federal employees. So nothing they're doing do I consent to because I don't consent to the way they do it. So I would never agree to any of it. Even if you want to say we need border protection. Okay, well, I don't agree to the way they pay these border patrol guys, these ridiculous pensions and the way they run it. I don't agree to any of it. I don't agree to the way they run the military. I don't agree to the way they run anything. I don't Look at the roads. They suck. I don't agree to anything they do. And the few things, like I said, that are within, within their authority, the, the manner in which they do it is not acceptable, and I wouldn't agree to be taxed for it. So they don't have my consent for any of it. And the vast majority of people, like I said, they don't consent to anything. And all you have to do, if you don't think that's true, is just imagine what would happen if instead of them collecting taxes and everything else, they had to run a GoFundMe and they couldn't borrow money. How much support would they get? How many people do you know would sign on to GoFundMe and send the government checks? Send them a transfer. (laughs) How many? Right. That's the thing. So I just, the essay is so good. The appendix is so good. I wanted to just do a show on the appendix because I really hope people read it. I really hope people read the whole essay. So much of Spooner's work is fantastic. I've now completed No Treason, which is fantastic which goes through every kind of consent level argument. Anybody who has questions about that, because I've only touched on them here, arguments are blown up by uh, Spooner and No Treason. I think think it took like 17 or 18 or 19 episodes or something to do that essay. I've also done his essay on natural law. That's a very short essay. It's fantastic. It's worth reading. And the next one I'm going to do is his vices are not crimes that just shows why so many of these so-called laws the government passes, they're just utter shit and they're never going to work and they aren't crimes. 
And I've touched on that as well and during this trial by jury essay because he brings it up as well. And I think if people understood those four essays and the way they fit together, you would have an understanding of what real freedom looks like. And that's no part of constitutional conservatism. It's not a system that can ever work. I've done hundreds of shows proving it. Uh, those people who are out in media making millions and millions of dollars uh, pushing that garbage, they're not on your side. The system will never make somebody into a multimillionaire for telling people the truth about the system. That will never happen. They are 100% controlled opposition. Most of them probably don't even know it because they're so damn stupid and a bunch of narcissists. But a lot of them may know it and they just don't give a shit. You know? And I can actually kind of understand that position as far as not caring. I don't think I could do it for any length of time. Certainly not if you paid me millions of dollars, I would just go away. These guys that just do it year after year, there's a huge level of narcissism there, huge. There's just no denying that. But they aren't your friends. They're not on our side. When you understand the fundamental concepts I've explained to people now over and over again, then you see them for what they are, total and complete frauds. And these elections are just such jokes, such complete jokes. If the Constitution did anything we're told about limiting the government, equal protection, consent of the people, you could sit out every single election. It wouldn't matter because there'd be nothing that the government, regardless of who got elected, could ever do. But what happens? All that ends up actually happening is whoever loses, they just get abused. And whoever wins, they just get to do anything they want. And the people run around and talk about how it's unconstitutional. There's no actual consequence or effect to that. It's just empty words. Nobody's ever held to any kind of consequence in government for so-called violating the Constitution. So it's all just made up nonsense. Sayings the law of the land. It's all just made up, people. All of it's made up. See, all the way down to the bottom, it's all completely and totally made up. And that's just very, very uncomfortable for most people. They don't want to accept that. Their identity is so tied up in the concept of being a freedom-fighting patriot who stands for freedom and light on the hill. And, you know, my uncle fought for this, my father, or my grandfather, he died or gets blood blown off or some crap. I feel terrible for those people. They got snowed too. But why continue that? Why not just accept it and stop letting other additional people after you get screwed, you know? Buck up. Face the facts. You got fooled. Okay? I got fooled for years, too. But at least I try to make up for that, having been fooled, and try to tell people. And the truth is just simply obvious. As soon as you hear it, you know, shit, that's obviously true. And it's very, very, very demoralizing to most people. And I get it. I got a lot of sympathy for those people. Because you know, it is difficult to have to come to grips with. But the option is just, what? To keep your head in the sand? To keep pretending? <laughs> I don't get it. So... So that's it. We finished trial by jury, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm legal man at U.S. Crime Review. Had to change from U.S. Law Review because Twitter was basically banning me pretty much for just logging on. So I just gave up and had to change it over. And I'm on private right now, but you can still follow me. And I'll get off private here shortly. I think uh, if it looks like the new Musk Twitter isn't really suspending people because then I'll at least not have to worry about getting bumped. And I want to thank the people who are on Patreon who step up and support my show. They have a lot of integrity. Tons and tons of people love my show and listen to it, but they don't actually support it. It's very confusing to me. I don't get that. But whatever, I want to thank the people who Patreon who have the integrity to do that. So thank you. And as far as the movie goes, The Jones Plantation, 
I play Mr. Jones. It was written by Larkin Rose. Fantastic allegory. I've seen the rough cut. It's really good. I think people are going to really enjoy it. It's done, but it's having all the sound done on it. That's going to take a while. I still think it's probably going to be out for the holidays. That's the expectation. And when it comes out, I hope people buy it, make it make a lot of money so that we'll make more. Because if the movie makes money and it's popular, then we will make more. And it's a great medium. And we've been kicking around an idea of making one on jury nullification, which I think would be a really interesting movie. We just need a good script. And beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.